Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this special episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. And this is the second episode now that we've done on the COVID-19 or coronavirus crisis. The first episode I released on this topic a couple of weeks ago seems now like such a long time ago. So much has happened in the last couple of weeks for all of us personally, as well as for all of us as business owners. So it was important to release another update episode For those of us who may not have all of the facts just yet, if you are feeling confused, overwhelmed, scared, uncertain, you're not alone. All of us as business owners are struggling through this time trying to decipher all of the programs that are part of the new CARES Act. And so what I've been doing the last week now is trying to do as deep a dive as possible and study every bit of information that I've been able to get my hands on And I've been able to compile what I know to be some of the facts right now. But of course, I'm not an expert. I'm just doing my best, just like you are, to try to gather all this information, decipher all of these programs. And this is a moving target, unfortunately. Every day, we're we're getting more and more clarification on some of these programs that we might be able to use to help us uh, survive this crisis as far as our businesses go. So an an important disclaimer here before you listen to this episode, as well as if you go to our website, is that, again, as as our government agencies release new and sometimes conflicting guidance, because that's what's happening right now, it's important to understand that each business owner, each of us, must assume the responsibility of interpreting the guidance that's applicable to our marketplace, our state, and our individual business circumstances, and then we have to respond accordingly. The information that I'm sharing with you here on this episode, on their previous episode on the COVID-19 pandemic, and all of the information that we're sharing on our website is just our best understanding of it. We are not experts. I'm not an expert. You must consult with your CPA, an attorney, or other professionals that you go to for guidance before you make any decision based on the information that I share with you. So it's very important to understand that. So on our our website, thehowabusiness.com, you're going to find a new page that I encourage you to go to if you are still very confused about these different programs. I've tried to summarize there best I can, and I will continue to update it probably on a daily basis as I gather more information and more facts. And you'll see it right as you go to our page, thehowabusiness.com. Right on the homepage, you'll see a a banner or a button that says COVID-19. Click on that and it'll take you to this page that'll have all of this summarized. What I'm going to do in this episode is just touch on some highlights because obviously we can talk about this for hours. So what I want you to get from this episode are the key things I think we need to be aware of as business owners right now, as small business owners. And in particular, the couple of programs that I think we need to respond to immediately. So let's chat about that. The CARES Act was passed, as you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago now on March 27th. And it is a historic act that provides all types of programs and funding specifically for small business, 
There's a Paycheck Protection Program that is $350 billion worth. There is also an additional SBA program that provides for an advance, a loan advance, as well as for what's called an economic injury disaster loan. So I'm going to break those two programs down because those, I believe, are the most important programs that we have to look to see if we can use to help us get through this crisis. But I think what's important for all small business owners as part of this is that you have put together some numbers that you have a good understanding of what your expenses are on a monthly basis, especially those fixed expenses, the ones that are not going to go away even if you close your business, like your rent and insurance and other types of payments. And in assessing what your payroll is, especially your payroll before February 15th, so before all of this started, before you may have terminated or furloughed or laid off employees, what did that payroll look like? And you need to have an understanding of what that is and how much that is over like a, an eight-week period, let's say. So you have to get your numbers together. If you've not already filed your 2019 tax return, which a lot of small businesses maybe haven't, that's okay. You can still qualify for all of these programs. You're just going to need some of those numbers like what your revenues were in 2019 and what your cost of goods sold were if you have cost of goods sold. So you're going to need to start gathering that type of information either from QuickBooks or whatever system you use or from your CPA or your bookkeeper. So that's something that if you haven't done already, it's important that you do that. All right, let's talk about the top action items I believe small business owners should have already done or should be doing immediately. First, I believe first and foremost is that you need to apply online for the SBA Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. You may have heard it also referred to as the acronym for it, EIDL. And as part of this program, there's also now what they're calling a loan advance or a grant. And that's because that loan advance is going to be forgiven. So therefore, it's not money you have to pay back. And that's why they're using the term grant. Now, that's one and the same. So you apply for one of these or you apply for this loan and you're going to get both benefits depending on whether you get approved or not. And you apply online at the SBA website. So go to sba.gov or I've got the direct link to it on this page, this new COVID-19 page on our website at thehowabusiness.com. So you apply, it's a new application, online application. It's very fast. It only took me about 15 minutes or so to submit it for my different businesses. Again, you'll need things like your revenues for last year, your cost of goods sold. You'll need all the information on the different owners, social security numbers, your EIN number, that's your business um, um, employer identification number. And all of that, by the way, you can get off of your tax return. If you don't have 2019, you can go to your 2018 return and get it off of there. You're going to need the day the date the business was started, that's on the tax return. So very simple application, only take you 10 to 15 minutes. It is working. There's no delays that I've heard of with submitting the application. And when you submit this short application, what you're applying for is hopefully for the immediate loan advance of up to $10,000. We don't know, there's no clarity that I've heard of yet as to how the SBA is determining 
how much of that $10,000 you may or may not get. Don't know what the formula is, but we, we need to get in line for that, obviously. And in that same application, uh, supposedly about three weeks later, the SBA will contact you about whether you qualify for one of these loans. And then these loans can go up to as high as $2 million. It just depends on, um, on your situation and on your need. So you, you want to uh, submit the application now. You're entitled to possibly up to $10,000. You do that at the SBA site, not through a bank. You do that online with the SBA. And then even if you do get a loan advance, the grant, you don't have to pay that back. And then if you do get contacted or when you get contacted by the SBA three weeks from now or so, you don't have to take the loan and that doesn't mean that you have to give back the grant. So this is critical. This is there for us as small business owners. So if you haven't submitted the application, you need to do so right away. Now, a couple of notes on this. Again, we're still talking about specifically the SBA Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, the EIDL, and the Associated Loan Advance or the grant, which is up to $10,000. The loan, if you choose to take it, can be up to $2 million depending on your needs. Let's just talk about that for a moment. What this is, as it's being called, and as always is, because this is a program that's been in existence, it has just been enhanced and expanded as part of the CARES Act. But this is what's called a working capital loan of up to $2 million. That means that you have to justify that you need however much you're going to request if you get approved to be able to keep paying your expenses so that you can stay in business. Your rent, your insurance, your utilities, the, the, the expenses that you have to pay to be able to stay in business. So hence why I had mentioned earlier that you need to start putting those numbers together. Now, if you do get approved several weeks from now after you submit the application, then you will be connected with a bank that will actually administer this loan is my understanding. Now, the grant portion, coming back to that for a moment, the guidance that the SBA is providing is that after you apply, you should receive direct deposit that grant money of up to $10,000 within three days. However, the reality is from people that I know, clients that have submitted their application early last week, they have not seen money yet, so we shall see. The other thing is if you had submitted an application for the EIDL, let's say prior to last week, you may have submitted the older version of the application. And here's how you know. Uh, you'll have to remember if in the application you submitted, was there a checkbox that said, I would like to be considered for an advance of up to $10,000. And then you had to fill in your bank information, your account number, your routing number, because that up to $10,000 will be a wire transfer that gets sent directly from the Treasury Department, not from an SBA bank, but directly from the SBA and the Treasury Department. So if you don't remember having checked that box and filling in your bank account information, then it's very likely that you submitted the older version of this application and the SBA guidance is to submit again. You want to resubmit 
using the new application. Okay, a couple more things here on this loan and the application. One of the questions that I think can be confusing on this application is it's gonna ask you to plug in cost of goods sold. And so what I would advise you to do, the easiest thing to do is to look at a previous tax return for your business. And on that tax return, there is a line item that says cost of goods sold on the first page towards the top, cost of goods sold. That's the amount that they're looking for. Not all businesses have cost of goods sold by IRS definition. Usually it's only if you make a product and you have raw materials or restaurants at our restaurant, the, the supplies that we buy to make the yogurt, those are considered cost of goods sold. But in my services business, in my consulting business, in my wife's travel consulting business, we don't have cost of goods sold. So that, that field would be zero on the application. So that was the one question I thought was a little tricky. So again, you need to submit this now if you haven't already. It's an easy application. You wanna check that box for the up to $10,000 advance. That's the grant part that won't have to be paid back. It'll be forgiven. This is available now on, in all 50 states and there's no collateral required. It's gonna be solely, my understanding, solely on our credit score. That's the understanding I have. That's why I will ask you for your social security number. And then when it comes time for the loan, if you do get approved for the loan, again, about three weeks later, if you get something under $200,000, then there's no personal guaranteed require. And then the terms of this loan, this is not the advance, but the loan, if you decide to take the loan, has a term of 30 years and an interest rate of 3.75%. There are no fees, there's no guarantee fees, and there are no prepayment fees. And the payments on these loan are going to be deferred for up to one year. So this is a program that we really, as small business owners, need to take advantage of to help us get through this crisis. You need to submit your application now if you haven't already. It's submitted online at the SBA website, sba.gov. If you submitted the application a couple of weeks ago, you might need to resubmit because it may not have included this loan advance or the grant portion that was part of the CARES Act that was passed on the 27th. Okay, so the second most important program that you need to learn about and consider is called the Paycheck Protection Program or the Paycheck Protection Loan. This is a program designed to try to incent us and provide us with the money to retain our employees. So this applies primarily if you have employees and you're trying to keep them on the payroll. That's what this program primarily is for. Again, it's called the Paycheck Protection Program or the Payroll Protection Loan. You may have also heard it referred to by the acronym PPL. So this is part of the CARES Act. And again, this is about helping us keep our employees and keep paying our employees. The loan might be, this might be fully forgiven if the funds from this loan are used for payroll costs. And then we can also use some of it for interest on mortgages, rents, utilities. But the bulk of it, they're saying right now, 75% of this loan, this PPO loan must go towards payroll expenses. Now, there's a lot of different components to this one. This one is tricky. 
but let's just talk about some of the key ones. So first of all, if you already have laid off or furloughed, terminated your workforce, you can still qualify this because you have an opportunity to bring them back on payroll if you do so by June 30th. And the key here is that to have the opportunity to have this loan waived, to have it forgiven so that you don't have to pay it back, you must go back to payroll like your payroll looked before February 15th. So same number of employees, same same pay rates. You have to, it's a look back period that is important to understand. And you have to have, you have to be back up to that level of payroll by June 30th to then qualify for this loan to be forgiven. Now there's some other qualifiers here. I've simplified it, but the idea behind this loan is to hopefully get you at least another eight weeks or so of money to pay your employees so that you can keep them on the payroll. And if you're a restaurant, for example, like myself, where we're still open, this will help us to, to continue to operate, even though we might be operating at a loss, but it gives us hopefully the money to stay open, keep our doors open, keep serving our customers, and continue to have enough money to pay all of our employees. So that's the idea behind it. Now, a couple things that, that are uh, challenging with the Paycheck Protection Program right now. First and foremost is understand that the, the doors opened, if you will, uh, banks started receiving applications just this past Friday. So on the third, that was the first day that loans uh, or applications rather could be accepted by banks. So this is different than the EIDL. This one, you do work with a bank, an SBA approved bank, and they will process this loan request. The application has been provided by the SBA and it's available on their website as well as on our website, but you submit that application to an SBA bank. Now, the recommendation, and we're seeing this more and more, is that you start hopefully with the bank with whom you already do business, assuming that they are an SBA approved bank. A lot of banks are actually limiting right now who they'll take an application from to their existing clients. So that might be, you may not have a choice in that regard. The other thing that's very unclear, this applies to a business like my wife's business. She's a travel consultant. She does not have any employees. She does not pay herself W-2 wages. We simply distribute profits on a periodic basis, and that's her quote-unquote income. It is not clear right now, and the banks are telling us right now that we don't qualify. She does not qualify for this loan, but it is supposed to have been part of the CARES Act to address independent contractors, the whole gig economy, freelancers. And my understanding right now is that we will have more clarity for those types of businesses on April 10th. So if you're one of those businesses like my wife's business where you don't have payroll, you don't have W-2 wages, either because you don't have employees or because you pay yourself through profits or you just have subcontractors, for example, then this loan might still be available for you but right now, the banks don't know how to process it in that situation. So I would recommend you get the application completed and be ready to submit it and that you've already had a conversation, if possible, with your bank. 
to understand when they will and how to submit the application. All right, for those of you who have existing SBA loans, there's good news there as well. Uh, we are, for example, my cousin Ed, who is starting, and I'm invested with him, starting the Office of Evolutions franchise. He took out an SBA loan late last year. The SBA is going to pay the principal and the interest for the first six months or the next six months if you're already paying on your loans. So that's huge for us as small business owners if you have an existing SBA loan. So six months of our loan is going to get paid by the SBA. So that applies to you if you have an existing SBA loan. And if you do, you should be contacting your SBA lender to get the details on that. There are also SBA Express Bridge loans for current SBA borrowers, and that could be critical money that gets you through this cash flow crunch until we get past this crisis. A couple of other things to highlight. First is, and I think most importantly for us as employers, is to understand whether we are going to have to follow the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. This was the initial act that was passed several weeks ago, and it had provisions in it that apply to small business owners as it relates to mandatory employee paid leave. And so you have to, if you still have your employees on board, if you have not terminated your employees, you haven't laid them off or furloughed them, then this may apply to you and you have to get up to speed on this. And basically what it is, is you have to provide paid sick leave of up to two weeks or 80 hours for full-time employees uh, for what they're calling eligible employees. So those are employees that are in coronavirus quarantine or are seeking a coronavirus diagnosis or an employee can also receive this emergency paid sick leave of up to $200 per day for up to 10 days, that's the two weeks or a total of $2,000, if they have to care for a quarantine family member or a child whose school or childcare location has been closed due to the pandemic. This became effective April 1st, and this is in addition to any paid time off that an employee may have accrued. So you have to provide this additional sick leave regardless of whether the employee has accrued PTO. So if you still have employees on staff, if you have not terminated them, and you have someone who falls into this category, then you have to provide them this additional uh, paid time off. So make sure that you're up to speed on how much you have to pay and in which situations does it apply. Now, you've all, I'm sure, already heard that the payroll, uh, excuse me, the federal tax return deadline, as well as payroll taxes, the filings of these things have been deferred. So the April 15th tax return filing deadline has been deferred for three months. So all federal income tax payments that would otherwise be due on April 15th now can be deferred into July 15th with no interest or penalties and without taxpayers having to submit an extension. So that gives us some relief. So we don't have to do anything. The deadline has been extended to July 15th. There's also some extensions on deposits of payroll taxes. If you need the details to that, you can find that on the website at thehowabusiness.com. Talking about terminating employees. So we've got a decision to make and you may have already made this decision. Obviously, a lot of us have, especially if we've been forced to shut down our businesses. 
But one thing that uh, I've received guidance from on an, from an employment attorney is that we have to be careful as to the reason we use for terminating our employees. We should not be using the reason I'm terminating you is because either you might have the coronavirus or because of the coronavirus or because of any illness. Because we have to be very careful that we don't violate any of the existing federal laws on terminating someone because they're sick. So the reason we're terminating employees as small businesses is because of the uncertainty about the future of our business. It's because of the economic uncertainty. We don't know if we're going to be able to even come back from this or what will all business look like or will we have enough work. So it's that it's those economic conditions that we cannot foresee right now that should be the reason we provide in writing to every employee as to why we have to terminate them or furlough them or whatever term you're going to use. And remember that when you do terminate an employee, you have to pay them all of their accrued benefits to that point in time, including any paid time off, any vacation, any sick pay. So that has to be provided, paid out to the employee at the time of termination. And remember that an employee's health details, this is critical here, because I, I really had to give this some thought and, and catch myself just like any other medical condition would be confidential, this is an employee health situation. So if you have an employee who may have or may have been diagnosed with the coronavirus, that information is confidential. We can't be sharing that with other employees or telling people that's why we have had to terminate that person or send them home or whatever the case might be. Now, it's tricky because in some work environments, we're allowed to separate or quarantine workers in manufacturing environments, for example. So it's tricky. You want to make sure you get some advice from an attorney on this. But otherwise, I think that the basic rule that we need to follow as small business owners is to treat it with the same confidentiality, confidentiality that you would treat any other medical situation with an employee. It's just that right now, because we're all talking about this, we might forget that point. And I thought it was worth emphasizing. So if we, if we keep our employees or if we bring them back, we have this opportunity to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program. That's again, that's the loan where you're going to get the standard application from the SBA or your bank, but then you're going to submit it through your SBA bank, ideally starting with the bank with whom you do your checking for your business now. That's where you would start. And remember that what they're going to lend you here is enough money to carry your payroll for about eight weeks and then a little bit more. And if that's what you use it for and you keep your payroll at levels like you had them prior to February 15th, then you may be able to get this loan forgiven, meaning you don't have to pay it back. But let's say you don't get it forgiven. This is a very favorable loan. Again, I'm talking again about the tape, the Paycheck Protection Program or the Payroll Protection Loans, the PPLs. Because, because here's the thing. The terms on this loan are fantastic. We will have two years to pay this loan back, assuming it doesn't get forgiven or the portion of it that may not be forgiven at an interest rate of 0.5%. So half a percent is the interest rate. And there's an automatic six month deferral of payments for all borrowers. So it's a great program to help us keep our employees on the payroll. 
The challenge right now, of course, is one, getting these applications in and getting approved by banks. The banks are overwhelmed. The doors just opened for this this past Friday. And if you don't have W-2 wages right now, the, the banks are just not approving those is my understanding. Now, if you're an employee or you've had to terminate your employees, of course, there are state unemployment benefits and the CARES Act has added to that. So that's another big component of the CARES Act is if, if we do have to terminate our employees, or if you're listening and you're a W-2 employee and you've been terminated, then you immediately need to, and our employees, we need to encourage them to immediately apply for unemployment benefits online at the state level. The challenge is there right now is that what I'm hearing is that most states, their websites are overloaded and some of them are not even working because of the incredible volume of people applying for unemployment benefits. The guidance that I've heard is to try to apply after hours in the middle of the night or early morning when there aren't as many people trying to submit their application. So that's one problem. But you, you will get it done. Employees will get it done. It's just going to take some time here. States like uh, New York, for example, have set up a system where depending on the first letter of your name, they'll tell you what day of the week you can apply. And they're doing that to try to minimize the overload on the system. But the big challenge right now is if you are not a W-2 employee, if you are, again, going to the, the whole gig economy, which the CARES Act is supposed to include funding for as well. So if you're a, a subcontractor, so a 1099 person, and you don't have a W-2, what I'm hearing, I know, for example, in the state of Texas, is those applications for unemployment are being rejected right now. And my understanding is that right now, the states simply don't have the guidance and the details from the CARES Act that they're supposed to be providing benefits for those people as well. So that's a big challenge right now. Don't know when that's going to be resolved. But again, Unemployment benefits for employees, it depends on every state. Every state is different. And remember that us as empl employers, as business owners, we've been paying unemployment insurance. We've been paying into this fund. Every time we have payroll, there's a percentage that we pay into our state's unemployment insurance. So that's money that we've put in there. And so now our employees will get to benefit from them from this money as we have to shut down and let them go if that's what you decide to do. Unemployment benefits typically range from between 200 to 550 a week. On average, it depends on the state. Typically, the numbers I've heard is it replaces about 40% of an employee's wages. But now, that's the standard unemployment. On top of that now, as part of the CARES Act, the jobless workers are going to get soon, they say, an extra $600 a week on top of the state benefit for up to four months. And the CARES Act also is going to add up to 13 weeks of expended, extended benefits on top of state programs, which can vary anywhere between 12 and 28 weeks. So that help is there. Again, the challenge right now for our employees or for yourself, if you're a W-2 employee, is that the sites to submit the application are really overwhelmed right now. And so we have to be patient with that. And then the second challenge is if you're not a W-2 employee, the states are just not ready to accept those applications right now. All right, so as I said at the, at the start of this conversation, I have laid this all out on a special page on our website, thehowabusiness.com. 
And once you get to the howabusiness.com, right on the homepage, you'll see a banner that says COVID-19 information for small business owners. That'll take you to this page where I've tried my best to summarize the information that I have received. Again, I cannot guarantee this is all accurate. It's just my best interpretation and understanding from various sources. And to talk about that for a moment, in my opinion, the best sources for all of this are uh, several that I'm going to outline here and that are on this page on our website. First, just generally on knowledge about the pandemic, the coronavirus.gov website is the official federal website where they're consolidating a lot of information about the coronavirus. So that's a site I would go to, coronavirus.gov, G-O-V. Then, of course, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, that's another website that I go to for information about what's going on with the pandemic. And that's at cdc.gov. And then as it relates to all of these programs for us as small business owners, the Small Business Administration website, that's the sba.gov. And the U.S. Department of Treasury has a page on the CARES Act. I have a link to it at the How a Business on my COVID-19 page. And then SCORE, as uh, those of you who have listened for a while know, I'm a volunteer mentor with SCORE. And SCORE at all of our individual chapters, as well as at the, at the federal level, have provided uh, lots of resources. So there's a SCORE COVID-19 resources for small business page, with also, which also interprets all of these programs. So those are my go-to sources right now. That's mostly where I have culled all of this information from, and that's what I would encourage you to do as well. We have to, as small business owners, try to digest this the best we can. We have to stay informed. This is changing on, on an, a daily basis at best, probably on an hourly basis. So it is overwhelming. It is confusing. There are a lot of conflicting answers, and we just have to try the best we can to navigate this and make the decisions that we need to make to hopefully get through this, to take care of our employees and to make sure our businesses survive so that we can serve our clients and customers once this is all over. And it will be over. We have to try to have as positive a mindset as possible, even while we're going through where for a lot of us is a pretty disastrous situation. So I, I understand I mean, my wife's business has come to a complete stop. And all she does this, these days is help people cancel their trips. So it's a challenge and that's, and that's just herself. You know, lots of you out there that are listening have a lot worse situations. Um, and, and I feel for you, this is, these are unprecedented times. But I think if we try to have as positive a mindset as possible, that'll help us get through this. And what we can't do, and I, I get it, I have a tendency to bury my head sometimes as well and to just kind of, you know, accept our fate here. But we have to fight as business owners. We have to go and get this information and we have to take action. So to summarize what I think your immediate action items are, first and foremost, if you haven't already, you need to apply online at sba.gov for the SBA Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. That's the EIDL, which includes that one application. You're applying for the loan, but you're also applying for this loan advance. That's the up to $10,000. There's a checkbox there. 
you provide your bank information. You need to do that now if you haven't already. That's all done online directly with the SBA. And again, remember, if you may have submitted an application a couple weeks ago and you don't recall it having the checkbox about the loan advance, then you need to resubmit. That's what we're hearing from the SBA. So that's first. Secondly, if you still have employees on staff, if you still have employees on the payroll, then you need to be careful and make sure that you are adhering to the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. That's the first act that was enacted several weeks ago, especially as it relates to paid sick leave for your employees. So make sure that you understand that and that you're complying with that new law. And then if you have employees or you're thinking about bringing your employees back on staff or keeping them on payroll, then I think you really need to investigate the Paycheck Protection Loan. That's the PPL. Again, that's one where there is a, an official application and you can find that on the SBA website, but you will submit that application to an SBA bank. Now, some banks have it as an online submission. So you wanna check with your bank. And again, the guidance there is to start with your existing bank, uh, assuming they're an SBA approved bank, and most of the large banks are, but you can quickly find out. Understand that they're overwhelmed right now. This just started last Friday, so we're going to have to be patient on this one, but this one's critical. And then the fourth thing I would say is that some states, for example, in New York State, there might be additional emergency programs or loan programs that you may have access to. So you need to investigate that as well. I know that in the state of New York, thanks to, uh, to my uh, client, Liz, uh, she told me about a $75,000 loan program that's available in the state of New York. So it's on us as business owners to find out if at the state level, there might be additional assistance. So again, the, the website that I've created spells this all out in a lot of details. There's a lot more to this than what I've shared with you here in summary on this episode. So make sure you educate yourself. On the website, I also have links to all of the different sources of this information and several guides. There are some really good guides that have been put together by, for example, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has put together some great guides on these different programs. The uh, SBA website has some great consolidated information. And we just have to, you know, the, the way I do this sometimes is you have to read it five times to kind of understand it. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. So I wish you the best as you struggle through this. We will release other episodes on this topic. If you have a question that you'd like to ask me, the best way to do so is to, on this page, on this COVID-19 page on our website, there's a comment section and I'll be monitoring that comment section. So if you have a specific one-off question, you can post it there and I'll try to reply to every question that I can. If you've not scheduled a free coaching consultation with me before, then I encourage you to perhaps do that as well. And you can find the information for that at our website. So there it is. That's what I know to this point at a very high level. The website spells it out in detail. I wish you the best and the best of health for you and your family. Try to stay positive, stay safe. Let's take care of our businesses and get out of this at the other end of it, uh, continuing to be successful. Thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. You can find us just about everywhere. You can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I'll send you the link. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.